0: Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 38 of Training for Life Redeemed. I'm your host, Dan, and as always, I'm here with my father, David Jackson. And today we are starting, well, last week we did an introduction to Joshua. This week we're actually starting the book of Joshua. We're looking at Joshua Chapter 1 through to the end of Chapter 4. And that is a fairly big chunk, but at the same time, we don't even finish one of the key stories that people know from Joshua. (laughs) Joshua starts off with the commissioning of Joshua, where he kind of gets chosen to replace Moses as the leader of the people. Uh, why is this significant?
1: I, I must admit, I think there's there's an element of comedy in this whole section, but there's also an element of sheer terror, I would say. So Moses has died up in the mountain. Uh, they're still up on the mountain. With all the people of Israel are up on the plains of Moab, and God Moses hands the baton to Joshua and says, "Here you go, sport." And then God has this big speech to him, and some of this stuff is like those sort of Bible memory verses you put up on the wall.
0: Yeah, be strong and courageous.
1: <laughs> yeah, be strong and courageous. I have fond memories of a big brother saying to his little brother, "Be tough." <laughs> <laughs> We won't mention names. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but but that's it was interesting. I mean, I was reading through this in Hebrew, I got a bit of a surprise. Verse 7. I've always heard the words only be strong, very courageous. Da-da-da-da-da. But that word for be strong is the word that's used for I will harden Pharaoh's heart. So it's actually, I want you to harden up. And You Harden yourself up because you're going to have a hard time and then have some courage because I'm going to invite you to go and invade a country and drive out who knows how many kings and how many armies and it's going to be bloody and you're about to go to war, sunshine. Oh, and by the way, Joshua is 80 years old. God likes to choose them when they're old.
0: No (laughs) excuses. You've still got plenty of years left, Dad. Lots lots to achieve.
1: (laughs) Oh, he lived for another 30. We live in hope. But this, this idea of, you know, you're 80 years old, you've spent 40 years leading Israel through the wilderness, they've whinged and grizzled and rebelled and been a pain in the backside all the way through, and now God's going to turn around and say, okay, we've come to the highlight of your career, Joshua. Toughen yourself up. Have some courage. Uh, let's go. Oh, and by the way, do it by the book. So you get this beautiful thing. Uh, this comforts me enormously. Do according to all of the Torah, all the instruction that Moses, my servant, commanded you, and don't deviate left or right, this book of the Torah will not depart from your mouth. You've got to mumble on it, meditate on it, think on it day and night. Pay careful. He's going over and over at this thing, isn't he? But it means that he's actually got in his hand at the point where Moses dies the five books of Moses. And I think that speaks louder about the authenticity of our Bible. But there he is. You're going to do the invasion by the book.
0: Well, he then sends in some spies to go and check out Jericho, which is our kind of first major city as you cross the Jordan, uh, moving from, moving east to west. Yep. Uh, So he's going to cross the Jordan, sends some spies in to have a look at this city, the first kind of fort that's there. And... They're going to encounter Rahab. Rahab's going to rescue them and protect them for a bit and lie on their behalf and get them out of the city. And yep. there's a point in here where Rahab talks about everyone being fearful of Israel and their God. So yes. is, is this where we should be focused or is there something else in the story that's important?
1: <laughs> Rahab has really got to be the star of the first half of Joshua, hasn't she? You know, I think, I think we talked last week a little bit about, you know, God chooses this woman out of the whole city to make an example of her. And she, everybody else, she says, everybody's heart is melting. Their spirits are just vaporized. They're terrified. And one of the things that struck me, if you stand on the mound, the tell where the ancient city of Jericho is, you can see, you, they could have they, They'd have watched Israel cross the Jordan on dry ground. You know, it's just two or three kilometres down the road, or five kilometres down the road. On a clear day, this would have been, you know, they've heard about Og and Sihon and, you know, harem warfare, slaughtering everybody, and they're coming and we're the first stop on the way <laughs> And they know what the plan is. Everybody's been talking about the fact that Yahweh gave this people the whole land of Canaan and we're first, you know, obstacle on the way. You can just imagine the fear. That's there, And this lady, with her background, I mean, why would she think God would have anything to do with her? I'm, I'm not sure whether she was just a regular King's Cross prostitute or whether she was a shrine prostitute, selling herself as an act of worship. But, hey, to think that she would even have the remotest possibility of being saved by Yahweh, but that's the desperation. You know, what else have I got to lose? Let's give it a shot. Hide the spies and ask them to save m- me and my family. And they do. Yeah. And it's it, and that says a lot to, to people, I think, because we, we don't have the courage to go to God and say, you know, I'm a sinner, I'm a mess. I need to be forgiven. I'm guilty. Uh, we avoid that like the plague because we don't see what's coming in terms of judgment, and we don't see the face of God looking at our sin, and we don't see the cross. This lady, there was nobody at the gate. It struck me, there's nobody evangelising Jericho. Under the new covenant, you know, we'd be all out the front gate saying, repent, repent, you know, the army is coming. No warning for these guys. But here we are. She gets saved.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also important to notice that, the spies who go in make the promise that she will be rescued and will join the people. Like they've got that authority. Like, <laughs> you
1: know. and and they do something remarkable. If anybody touches your family, you can take my life. They guarantee her safety with their life. Hmm. That that's a commitment.
0: Um. Okay, so the spies come back. Everything's good it's not like last time they're they're keen to go and now have to cross the jordan river which is currently in flood mode i think pretty sure at the time of the
1: crossing yeah god doesn't muck about does he you know we're going to do a dry crossing of a river oh that would be just boring let's do it in flood season. (laughs) and and, you know in case you missed the point this is god at work
0: (laughs) yeah and i think it's it's an amazing story with the guys carrying the ark putting a foot in the water and then the water stops and when i was in jerusalem in in israel and they were talking about this they talked about actually the the stepping into the water was not it wasn't like they were walking in on shallow it was kind of like jumping into the deep
1: (laughs) do you trust me take a step i think of indiana jones you
0: know (laughs) and also like just just flood stage you know the waters aren't still they're not you know oh. you're not looking at this beautiful kind of lake that you're going to walk across it's a rushing thick deep river that they've got to step into
1: yeah and it's that's scary i mean we went out to the nepean river a while back and took photos of the nepean in flood and it's about the same size as, as what you would see in a at Penrith. so that was that would be a pretty scary thing to do and to have it just stop dead and you walk out on dry ground carrying that box on your shoulders wouldn't you just be looking around going okay (laughs) how far out of here do i have to go
0: yes and it's very much a replica of you know the crossing of the red sea as they left egypt yes like they they left one land and now they're entering into the other one they're almost baptisms like it's kind of symbolic in that kind of sense as well
1: yep you have that whole concept you have two water barriers that you cross one is to get out of out of Satan's kingdom, and the other ones to get into God's kingdom. And between those two water barriers is the wilderness. And so, yeah, uh, the African American slave gangs used to sing, "Michael row the boat ashore." Um, you know, I've got a home on the other side of Jordan. All those sort of pictures—they uh, got the connection. This is a picture of us coming home. Yeah, uh, coming home to new new creation. Very exciting stuff.
0: Okay. So then they pick up a whole bunch of rocks and make piles. Yep. What's the point of the piles? Is (laughs) it just memory or is it
1: more significant than that? I, I, I like this kind of stuff, I must admit. You pick 12 tribes, one man from each tribe, pick up a rock, bring it over to the other side. Then you go back and you pick up another 12 rocks and you pile them up where the priests are standing holding the ark while everybody crosses. And once you've got that pile all organized, you skedaddle across, then the priests can come across and bring the ark out of the water and then the floods come back. And you've got this little post of big rocks in the middle of the river saying, that's where they stood. And you take (laughs) the other 12 rocks and you carry them up to Gilgal where you're going to camp and you make a little mound of rocks up there and Joshua's point is okay you guys are going to remember today you were here you saw it you're going to have you're going to go and settle have your farms bring your kids down here for a picnic sit them down show them the rocks tell them the story and point out the rock that, the rock that uncle fred pulled out of the middle of the river And let them tell their children and their grandchildren and that rock is still there. And we do that with war memorials because we don't want to forget, lest we forget. But this time we're not forgetting the people who died, we're forgetting what God did. And so I look at this, I look at that sort of a, a monument, that memorial, and I think, yeah, it's about teach the kids, get the story across. And this was a generation, I think this is the only generation in Israel's history that actually did teach the children because their generation and the next one were faithful. So so that all the peoples of all the earth will know that the hand of Yahweh is mighty and you will fear Yahweh, your God, forever. That's how that chapter ends.
0: Sounds like a good place for us to end then. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you enjoyed this episode... Please make sure that you subscribe and come back to listen next week. If you particularly enjoyed this one, please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. And if you want to grab the daily notes for this episode, you can head over to tradingforliferedeem.com slash 38 and you can access everything there. There's a video, there's the audio, there's the transcripts and also your daily notes. So please come and check that out. And we look forward to seeing you next week when we head off into Joshua 5 and following.